Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, episode 7. My name is Dan Frost and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, Tonight we've got Tash and we've got Dana. Guys, football is back. Everything is great again in the world. We've had our All-Stars weekend. We've had some trial games of football. Um, Tash, you've been busy out there supporting some of the juniors in the Tasha Gale competition. Um, Tash, just want to hand the mic to you quickly just to talk a little bit about some of the junior talent that you're seeing, um, you know, it gets exciting. This, you know, each and every year we're seeing, um, you know, a lot of unbelievable athletes coming through the system. But talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing already. Then I went out to the um, the Rabbitohs v the Knights, your favourite Knights, and you'll be very pleased to know that they um, had a convincing win. But the talent is absolutely outstanding um quite often especially in the beginning of the season they're up to round three um the girls tend to be grabbing a bit more but no way this year they are their tackle execution is outstanding and it it lasts right to the end of the first half right to the end of full time so their strength and conditioning is amazing the pace on some of the girls the step on some of the girls they're kicking them from the sidelines i'm really excited about the talent coming through it's it's just great to see and these are the stories that you'll only get here at mojo sports with tasha obviously being there front and center and obviously you know getting to, getting to watch a lot of these juniors play but you know it's just exciting to to tell their stories as well that you know we are seeing um, you know, these flashes of brilliance at that junior level and, um, you know, where the game's going to be in five to ten years' time. It is very, very exciting. That leads me into the listener question for tonight, and it is, well, it's talking all things defense. Who is the best defender in the NRLW competition? Uh, Dana, thoughts on this one? I'm going to go with Caitlin Phillips. You know, she's well-known within the New South Wales rugby league competition, and obviously she's a very, very proud rooster and Indigenous girl. She's just... She's got the speed and the agility on the offense, but I honestly would not want to run at that girl. She could take down an elephant if she wanted to. She's got the strength, and I think with a bit more conditioning, getting that weight up a little bit more, I reckon she's going to be a massive powerhouse for this year. Yeah, no, that's uh, I can't wait to can't wait to watch her play and make her plays on the football field. It's going to be uh, going to be one to watch. Tash, what about yourself? I cannot go past Hannah Southwell. She has an extraordinary technique in in her tackling. She's very consistent. Um, She's always got a really high tackle rate. And opposite to what you were saying, uh, Dana, she's not that big, but her technique is outstanding. She brings down those big girls before they even know it, and it's just it's great to watch Hannah tackle. She should really coach tackling. Yeah, it was, uh, Tash, you, you stole one of my personal favourites, um, but I'll definitely, uh, yeah, I've got to back you there. Hannah's been outstanding. Look, for me, it's, it's difficult because we're starting to see a few um, players who are really starting to step up as one of the, the game's elite. I think um, Elsie Albert comes to mind in terms of a player who is really making an impact and you know, look out, she's set for a really big campaign with the Dragons. But I, I went Sarah uh, Togatuki. I just think that we have seen it at club level. We have seen it at state level. Uh, we've seen it in rep football. But um, there are just some players who you look up at and you may sort of, 
you know, just swerve a little bit and try and avoid in the middle. And uh, Sarah's certainly one of those players because she can certainly hit. But, um, yeah, just a little bit of a taste there in terms of some of the big hitters in the game and uh, as we get uh, very, very close to the NRLW season. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? If I can influence people positively, then yeah, my work here is done. One of the best things about uh, the All Ball segment is we get to focus in on particular players, uh, share their story and uh, and celebrate, you know, their, their early careers. And we are so privileged to be joined by another amazing guest, and that is Josephine Daniels. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. It is, uh, it's great to have you on board and we're going to go into, yeah, I guess all of your background, talk about uh, how you go about playing football and uh, yeah, really excited to get into it. But let's, let's take it all the way back. Talk to us about a young Joseph A and uh, I guess your first sort of memories when it comes to sport. Um, so I was just a young girl. I'm from originally from South Auckland in New Zealand. Um, my first sport that I spent most of my life playing was actually netball. Um, really enjoyed playing. I was a centre. Um, I think I played for about 13 years before I originally moved to tag. Um, and then once I started playing tag, I absolutely loved it. And then my coach from tag picked me up for rugby league and he said, would you come give it a crack? And I was like, at first I was very scared because I was very small and petite. So um I don't know. It was a mix of emotions. And then I played my first ever game and then the rest was history. Absolutely love the game. The contact, um, the agility, mobility. It was just the big challenge that I really enjoyed. So, yeah, I started playing for the Manudo Marlins mm-hmm. um, in 2014. Um, and it was just the best decision I've ever made in my life to move from netball to rugby league. It broke my mum's heart a little bit. She wanted a silver throne. So, <laughs> but no, I just, rugby league was just amazing and I just wanted to play for it. <laughs> yeah, look, Faye, you can tell that you absolutely have a, a passion for rugby league and that's what we love to see. And and um, you said you were small and petite and a bit worried about playing, um, you know, uh, what can be a fairly fierce sport, but um, looking at you now, and I had a chat with you on Thursday night, saw you at training and whatnot, but what is your strength and conditioning routine? Because, girl, you're looking so fit and so strong and so powerful and definitely not skinny and petite. Um, yeah, I'd probably have to thank a lot of uh, preseason for that, not only um, NRLW but our Harvey Norman preseason um, leading up to it. They, they've got us on a very good program, you know, from gym um, to I think I was the lightest I've ever been in the last couple of years pre-season um, and then building muscle in the gym and then going into NRLW, it was just the level up and a lot of it is commitment, you know, uh, not only at training but away from training as well. You've still got to put in the hard yards, whether it's just eating um, recovery is a big one. So, yeah, it's a lot of gym, 
um, training on field and then recovery as well and eating the right foods. Being consistent with it for sure. No, I can, uh, yeah, we certainly agree with that. You're certainly getting yourself into uh, yeah, really good condition for what's going to be an impressive campaign. But uh, yeah, just touching back on, I guess, your first experiences there in rugby league. So um, how, how old were you at the time? And talk to us a little bit about, you know, how that was all sort of working around friends and things like that. Is this something that you just decided to do as an individual where a lot of your friends playing rugby league? How did you manage that sort of social side of things? Because, um, yeah, I guess people's stories when it comes to first arriving into rugby league, it's, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I think the main reason why I did want to do sport and rugby league was actually just to keep myself out of trouble. Um, I was, I grew up in a lot of like poverty and stuff like that. So it was easy to go on the wrong track, um, being in different environments and surrounded by so much. Um, I could easily have gone the wrong way. But having sport and also my culture, I used to do kapaka as well, it kept me busy and occupied and it opened pathways that I thought, you know, wasn't an opportunity for myself or somebody from South Auckland in Manurewa. So I, I personally just kept on thriving off that opportunity and each opportunity I got, I would take it fully to see where I would go instead of just going the wrong way. Yeah, and, and it's something that we hear a lot about when it comes to sport is that com commonality there where you know a lot of young athletes sort of you know are drawn to it because you know it just gives them that 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 big focus and I guess talk to us a little Mm -hmm. bit about I I guess that stage where you thought you know this is more than just you know a little bit of a casual thing that I like to do at what point did you start to sort of you know start writing down goals and thinking about sort of taking this to the next level or or, or sort of your big break in your in those early days when it comes to your football career? Um, I think the big reality check of rugby league and its pathways was making my first rep team. Um, I was very young. Uh, I was still 18, 19. And it was a bit of an eye-opener where, for once, I didn't have to pay anything to be a part of that team. You know, being in New Zealand, um, a lot of stuff we did have to pay for just to compete, just to participate or even have the same shirts as everybody. So it was like, oh, like, I don't know, appreciation of gratitude that, okay, maybe my hard work is getting acknowledged. Um, so it could take me somewhere where, uh, yeah, it was, it, was just, it was amazing. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to carry on. I'm going to fully focus on this, you know, stop all the other outside distractions and, give it a real go. Faye, it's a fabulous story when you hear something like your culture and your rugby league kept you focused and you could have gone down, you know, the track of um, doing the wrong things and um, I think, you, you know, I read an article where you were skipping school and maybe, you know, partying a bit hard on the weekends, but you've certainly focused yourself. So go forward to 2018. You've moved to Australia so can you yeah. take us from what, what preempted that move and where you went from there? Yep. So 2017, earlier, um, I made my debut for the Kiwi Friends in the Nines. Um, and for the competition back in Auckland, it was always the same teams at the top kind of thing. And, you know, 
you can't improve if you're staying at this like I was getting complacent um and so what I wanted to do was I've heard so much about the New South Wales um competition and how um not yeah harder but more quality football is being played so and it would also um, benefit me as um being strength and conditioning where you know us Kiwis we're very pride ourselves on phys- physicality and being strong but sometimes we fall a bit short on being the fit and fast ones so I wanted to move over and give myself an opportunity um, to better myself so it was beneficial for me to grow as a rugby league player and at that time my partner was already living here so and he was playing for Mounties so I asked him could you ask somebody if they would have a spot for me and then I'd move over well, and so, yeah, that's... what a great move for the Mounties! Uh, I'm sure they're they're very very happy. I, I watched you play in the Indigenous um, All Stars game. Sorry, you played for the Maldives, um, and you're playing in the number two. And so you say you're not known for your fitness and and speed and whatnot, but no, no, you've done very very well with that. Um, so you've now moved over to Australia. We're just going on your journey. Um, mm-hmm. Got to thank your partner for getting you into the Mounties. And then you caught the eye, I think, um, in 2018 of of, um, of, the, of a Dragons um, club. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so we we were having a very good season um, with the Mounties. We, we actually won it that year. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, and then Daniel Lacey at the time, he was the coach and reached out to me um, asking if I wanted to have the opportunity to play in the first event RW. And when I got that phone call, it was, I was speechless. I was like thanking everybody in my pathway that got me to that stage where I was then. And, and it was amazing. I just, oh, man, I was so speechless. I'm still speechless now because I can still feel the reaction that I had before. So, it, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, yeah. And, but, there was a little hiccup. So, yeah, the same day that I was supposed to um, sign my contract is the day I found out that I was pregnant. So that's a very, like, great reason to have to pull out. I love the stories about, you know, kids that are in the crowd, especially at the NRLW or at any level, and they point out and they go, that's my mum. I think that's just an Awesome story. So um, without deterring you too much from your football story, I think it's very important. How do you balance life between being a mum to a beautiful little boy, um, working, which I'll let you talk about your work, and, you know, playing footy at the highest level? How do do you get that work-life balance? I'm not going to sugarcoat. It is very hard. It is very hard. But when you have... And like a strong support system, it it somehow works, you know. I could give you many excuses of why I couldn't do it, but I have the right amount of motivation and support to show why I can do it. Um, and he is the main reason why that I'm going to carry on and try and make him as proud as I can. But, yeah, juggling it all together, it makes the achievement's worth it, I guess, you know, from waking up early, 
getting him ready, dropping him off. I go to work, straight from work. I have to go straight to training, then come home and then hopefully try to spend a little bit of time before he has to go to bed. But it's the little sacrifices that will make it worth it in the end. But he is definitely my why and the reason why I'll never give up. That's a lovely story to hear because, like Tasha said, like, you know, seeing little kids um, at the crowd be like, oh, that's my mum, that's my dad. Like, it, it is really heartwarming to kind of hear that kind of stuff. Um, but earlier you obviously mentioned playing netball growing up and that's something that your mum kind of got you into. So do you think that you'll get your son into rugby league or just kind of let him choose his path of what he wants to do? Um, I'd definitely love for him to be in rugby league, but then I'd probably be the biggest critic. And my, my pan also plays, so it would probably be very hard on him <laughs> because we, we're so passionate about it. But I would definitely let him choose the sport that he would love to do. And for the design in sport, then that then so be it. I really want to be strong on him to do whatever he wants to do. Um, and yeah, and so far it is rugby league. He loves footy and being around it, so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and Joseph, I, I guess we just really appreciate you, you know, sharing just how challenging this can be, though, because, you know, one of the realities of, you know, women in league and the NRLW competition is that, you know, we're still not quite there when it comes to that, you know, professional system where we've got those annual contracts. And, you know, if we just mm. quickly reflect a moment here at Mojo Sports, I think back in season one, episode one, we asked the, the questions in terms of, you know, where the sport needs to be. And we all said, you know, that, that it need, needs to turn pro, you know, we need annual contracts to sort of help support. I guess one of the things that is a little bit promising is two things that we're starting to hear that more and more. We hope that continues to grow quickly. And Joseph, the mm-hmm. other thing I wanted to call out is your age. You know, you're, you're only still very young in your career. I, I guess, do you do have, I, I guess, goals, aspirations, and I guess hope that, you know, a lot of these changes that we're all sort of talking about might come to fruition within your career? Mm. Yes, absolutely. There's so much still coming for um, women in league, and I believe that we should be getting more, but we are definitely grateful for what we get now. But, you know, the the quality of football that all of the women in league give is definitely is underrated, you know. Um, they've got so many other amazing women that are mums that are inspiring all of us. And in the future, like, uh, hopefully it would be a full-time job. We would only have to worry about, you know, playing footy or what we love and just having a bit more time to do that instead of trying to juggle a full-time job, you know, being a parent and then still trying to be the best athlete in rugby league as well. Well, Faye, you're certainly doing it very well at the moment. If the um, your performance in the Māori All-Stars is any sort of indication, you are very passionate about your culture. And I believe you, you, your culture is involved with your, your job. Are you still working with the cultural program in that area? Can you tell us about that? Um, so I'm, I'm working in disability um, at the moment. Um, but I am very strong with my culture because without it, I, I wouldn't be here today. Um, but, yeah, because oh, – sorry, I'm going to get emotional. No, no, I'm not. Um, my culture is very beautiful and, and it's who I am today. Um, and I'm very lucky to 
be in Australia where we have the Indigenous culture because we relate to them so much. They are like our brothers and sisters and (laughs) it's shit. Yeah, our cultures are very beautiful. And playing playing the All-Stars game, it, it just gave a bit of rejuvenation to my soul, my spirit, because I haven't been home in a very long time. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. Was, and my culture is everything. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it was such a special weekend. We were all there. Tasha was calling it. We were in the stands, and uh, you know, you just you know, you, obviously the football was unbelievable. It was it was really special. The, the quality of of football, um, yeah, incredible. But it was, I guess we all sort of walked away. It was just a lot more than that. And, you know, they're, they're some of the stories that we heard, you know, from yourself and from the other players in the camp that it was just, you know, it was it was, it was was about culture, it was about family, and it was building these yeah. lifetime lifetime friendships and bonds that, you know, I'm, I'm sure are just so important at the moment as you guys battle everything you're going through. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about where you are in your current career, but... Do you just want to quickly uh, recap on, you know, what the last couple of years have been like? Because, um, you know, obviously other players have, have been in similar situations with some of the challenges. But, yeah, just, just sharing some of the difficulties with, you know, seasons being cancelled and moved. And, yeah, to talk to us a, a little bit about, yeah, your journey over the last couple of years. Yeah, so over the couple of years it's been very tough. Um, you know, after having my son, that was that was very beautiful. And then just trying to make my way back into um, rugby league, it, w- it was very hard. A lot of it was acceptance of all the changes that my body had to go through, but also having to work a little bit harder than what I'm used to. Um, being Having more commitment into getting myself back to where I was before um, baby. And then... I think 2020 was the year that I was making a full comeback and then that was when obviously COVID hit. So Mounties cut their season. Um, And for me, um, financial-wise, travel-wise, I couldn't really play for another team because Mounties was the closest. And Mounties is my home. I'm I'm a one-club girl. I don't really like going from other clubs. So that I just chose not to play that year. And then last year, it was probably the full season that I did get to play. And I was very lucky that I did have a very good good season, um, good games throughout the uh, – leading up into semifinals and finals. And then we got that cut again as well, which was so guttering. But, you know, all the girls were missing out. It wasn't just our team. But it was just feeling the feeling of all our hard work leading up to that was a bit of a waste. But I think it just fueled our fire and we just had to keep on training. It's been a long seven to eight months just trying to stay on board, stay committed, you know, eating right, recovering, but just making sure that we're fit for the season coming because this year is going to be a very long year. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, through all those obstacles, challenges, amazing moments, you know, starting your family and um, all, all of those, I guess, you know, everyone's nodding along because it's, it, it's, it's been 
Uh, yeah, it's been something the last couple of years, but you know, uh, we, with all of these challenges comes good news, and uh, you know, you, you start to see some of your, all of your hard work pay off. Talk, talk to us about you know some of the some of the, the big highlights in your career so far, including uh, I guess some of your, your your current situation and maybe some phone calls that you received from a pretty high profile uh, Western Sydney club. Yes, so. Um so much blessings came out of um, my footy career within the last year um, to now. Um, I received a very amazing call from um, the Parramatta Eels to um, join them for the NRW 2021 season. Um, and again, it was a very speechless call. <laughs> um, but I was very grateful because I knew I knew a few of my friends have already been signed there so it, it was more of a comfortability situation where I was like oh yes but then it was more like the most reason or like yeah the reason that I really wanted to go was because those were the ones that helped me get to where I am today especially after baby so I was like I'm definitely wanting to debut next to my best friends so I was truly ecstatic um, I did get a few other calls, but I knew where my heart wanted to be and where I wanted to debut for the Parramatta Eagles. But you can hear your passion and you've spoken about your culture and you've got some friends that are playing with you in the, in the Eels and I imagine the whole squad of your, your extended family now. Yeah. It's been a long journey, those seven or eight months, you know, cancelling, deferring. We're nearly there, Faye. We're nearly, fa- they're nearly there. So what is going to be going through your mind on kickoff this weekend when you face up into round one? There's going to be a lot on my mind, but I know in my, like, I know my mind, it'll just be body on the line for my sisters. Um, we are definitely wanting that first win. We're definitely going to make a statement in this um, NRW, especially being an inaugural um, team. And, you know, we see ourselves as underdogs or and nobody knows a lot of us. We have a lot of debutants. Um, and, yeah, so it's very exciting, very nerve-wracking, but um, I definitely know we're going to make a statement, that's for sure. I'm very excited. Like I said, I watched you train just a couple of nights ago. The team has come together so well, and I was speaking to Dean Witters, your coach, and I went, this team is really going to stamp its authority, you know, right from round one. You can see how good you guys are getting. And Dean Witters actually asked me to be quiet about that because he wants to go in as the underdog. But I hate to ruin it. I just, uh, the Parramatta Eels, wow, what a great squad and how you're combining so well. It's just outstanding. Yeah, no, definitely. And Joseph, just quickly on that, I mean, you know, when we see the the new franchises come into sports, they're, you know, let's speak frankly, often major underdogs, you know, teams that are going to struggle, but, we were sitting back watching this Parramatta side get built. And, you know, maybe it's because we just did the road show. We went through New South Wales state competitions. We went up through Queensland and we know 
how much hard work and a lot of the the performances that even yourself in your career at Mounties have been able to produce. And, um, you know, whilst there's, there's a few names that haven't necessarily hit the NRLW stage, um, certainly ready to perform. So, yeah, I'm with Tasha there. I think the Eels, they're going to cause some headaches. And, um, you know, I, and it's just such a huge market. I mean, I, I think I've said this in past episodes. If the Parramatta Eels um, can be successful, I think they will be successful. That's just going to be massive for Western Sydney and, um, yeah, all of our yeah. younger listeners who are joining into, into Rugby League. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, your own goals now. Again, you know, you, you've been through so much uh, in your in your life and in your career so far, but, um, you know, you're, you're just about to obviously jump into an NRLW campaign with Parramatta Reels. What about this season, Joseph? You've got two NRLW seasons. You've got state competitions in the middle. Um, talk to us a little bit about your goals and this crazy rugby league season ahead. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a very long season, but I do have a few goals. One of them was making all-stars. So that's one ticked off at the moment. Um, you know, and just having a good successful NRW comp coming up. But one of my other major goals will be um, for State of Origin for New South Wales. Um, currently lucky enough to be in the wider squad at the moment. So that is definitely in the picture. And, yeah, definitely a big goal that I want to reach. Um, and then hopefully another NRW season as well. Um, so that, yeah, that's another goal. But I also want to hopefully be in the World Cup as well. So it is a definitely a long season, but I know that I have the support behind me. So I want to try give my full commitment into footy for the whole whole year long. Hey, now, I just really, really want to put it out there that you are actually just such an inspiration to any women that listens to this, anyone out there who who thinks that there's any roadblocks into starting a sporting career because you started, like you mentioned, in poverty. You've gone through everything. You moved countries. You've had a child, like, and you're only 24 years old. Like, you, and just then you listed the next 12 months uh, back-to-back nonstop, and that's just with rugby. That has nothing to do with your full-time job, your family life, mm-hmm. your friends. It's just, it's unbelievable. But I really just want to quickly touch back on earlier. You mentioned that you like, you don't want to move from Mounties because you're a one club gal. So now that you've been put forward and you're playing for para in the NRLW, do you think you're going to stay with para or is that once, you know, the Warriors come back in, is that going to affect anything or where do you see your future in NRLW going from here? Yeah, I'm definitely a one club girl and I would like if we are successful and we've got a good, um, because we do, we have an awesome culture and bond at the moment with all the girls for para. So definitely I feel that it would be a huge advantage if we had the same team, you know, following through to NRL seasons because we've already built the combinations, we've already built the bonds and culture to carry it throughout on the field and also off the field and I think you know that's the a lot what um why um Broncos are successful you know they they've had mostly the same teams they've had their cultures for years and they know that level and the experience that they need to be at and the quality of um footy so yeah I'd love to stay with Para again um if they want me um so yeah that is the definitely the goal is to stay wherever my team goes Oh, excellent. I love that. And I'm sure there's a lot of Parramatta fans who are going to be pretty uh, happy with that response as well. 
uh, as soon as they see you uh, get out there and perform, that's for sure. And look, just quickly, Joe's face, if you think about, you know, your own childhood growing up uh, back there in New Zealand, I'm sure there's a lot of young, a uh, lot of young girls who are sort of, you know, back where you were, you know, whether it was, you know, unsure about rugby league or, you know, whether it's something they should explore, you know, obviously everything that you've been through and where, where you're about to head, what sort of advice would you give to some of the younger uh, women back, back, back in your own city, back in New Zealand? What, what's some of the advice you'd give to some of the younger people out there? I think the only advice that I could give them is if you really want to do something, you can. If you, if you put your mind to something and you, and you just work hard, you know, you communicate like talking with people around you saying like this is where I want to go you know be talking is hard especially for our generation you know talking about how hard it's going to be is is a big thing because we think that it's going to be easy when it's not so honestly just keep the fight and don't give up no matter what happens you know after a baby after anything you you can do it and you just need to put your mind to it and just believe in yourself that's the main advice I reckon I love that. So powerful. Love that. All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and a little bit of the theme of tonight's podcast has been sort of the the underrated underdogs, uh, you know, coming through and making their name in rugby league. And that's the rapid-fire question I've got for you guys tonight is, who is an underrated player, rookie, veteran, someone that might be sort of, you know, flying under the radar at the moment when it comes to the NRLW competition? Uh, Tash, going to start with you. Dan, I'm going with Kira Simon. She is an absolute cracker of a player she's a prop she's um a local junior came through the systems that dedicated to the game that she um you you know used to drive i think from lemon tree passage quite a distance to get to um to training three times a week that's when she was in the tajagal cup i watched her play um and the Indigenous all-stars she's an absolute weapon and i i think that Maybe after round one, she will no longer be the most underrated player because she will make a statement. Showing just a little bit more love to Newcastle as well. I've got to jump in with uh, a young half, uh, Tallulah Tillette, who, you know, we watched in person at the All-Stars weekend as well. And, uh, yeah, again, I'm smiling ear to ear because there is just so much talent at the club. There's so much talent in the competition, to be honest. But, you know, you look at some of the skill set that she's sort of demonstrating in terms of her, her, I guess, general awareness as as a playmaker, her ability to kind of create um, create space, appears to have a lot of time, her kicking, her passing, um, you know, it, it's all positive. And, um, again, you talk about a player who's about to build, you know, quite a reputation and a big name for themselves. I think she certainly fits that category. Uh, Dana, what about yourself? I'm, I'm going to go with Tegan Berry. So, you know, she's 19 years old. The girl played NRLW while doing her HSC year 12, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, like she's got the skills and, oh, my gosh, her speed as a winger is incredible. You know, like she didn't obviously play for St. George. They finished towards the bottom. Um, you know, I think if they can 
get their squad together and really push themselves uh, and kind of try and climb that and make that competition a bit stronger between each other, which will help the team. I think she's going to be a real star and she won't be an underdog for very long. One to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Okay, Jace Faye, you've got the inside running here. I'm sure there are so many players uh, that you could name here. So picking just one I know is very, very difficult. But, uh, yeah, give us a little bit of an insight into a maybe one player that comes to mind that might be a little bit underrated at the moment. But, yeah, in a few months' time, maybe not so much. Um, yeah, um, there's one rookie that I think is going to make a huge impact in the NRW this season is um, Siriana Naitukutuka. Um, she's currently at the halfback in at Paramount Eels. She's been, she was a halfback um, for Mounties also as well, and she had a very successful season. She is very quick, um, very unpredictable. She can um, run the ball, she can kick and pass and everything, but she's very strong. She's a very strong defender, and um, being a halfback is um, not one of the high qualities at times, but she really puts a statement out there, so it's very exciting to see what she's got to show. All right, guys, well, that's all the time we have tonight. Jose Faye, we just want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, again, we we love doing this. This is what Mojo Sports and the Women in League show is all about, is, you know, bringing on players and, you know, getting the opportunity to hear your story. We are so thankful uh, to be able to sit down and, and have opportunities. I know Tasha, um, she's very excited about, um, you know, future episodes with yourself and, you know, finding out more information and, you know, we're just very, very excited about, you know, watching the season that's ahead. So, Josephine, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today. No, thank you, guys, Dan, Zena, and Tasha. It's truly a privilege to be on this, and um, I appreciate your platform and what you're trying to do for Women and League. So thank you guys so much for having me. I uh, appreciate those kind words. And to my panel, always bring in the heat as we talk all things rugby league. We are here. The NRLW season has kicked off. So join us here at Mojo Sports where... There's going to be so much content moving forward. So as always, continue to download both of our podcasts each week, share with family and friends, and until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. Team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.